if you came to me and said, hey, Jittery's Batman, I'd be like, yeah, I know. Oh, absolutely. Like, absolutely. absolutely. I agree. I agree. <laughs> Jittery, Jittery might be Batman. <laughs> 100% Batman. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Shenantics, episode number 103. And today's episode, we are going to be focusing on um, Space Force. Nothing. Wait, no, no, you're focusing on Space Force? Did you, did, you see, did you see the teaser announcement? I mean, I heard that Steve Carell was coming out with a new thing about Space Force, but yeah. was there was there was a was there a, a teaser trailer or there was a teaser? It's on Netflix. It's coming out on Netflix by those people that brought you The Office, starring and produced by Steve Carell. Um, and it follows. I don't. We don't know anything else about it, but it follows like the men and women tasked with putting into place the Space Force, and so I think it's going to be very Office esque. Um, type of show starring Steve Carell and I think it's like the idea is to do like low level drama about like the mundane crap that goes on in a government bu- government bureaucracy bureaucracy to put this forward alright so I think that it could either be really really great or absolutely dog shit what do we think? <laughs> Same thing my exact words when I, when I saw that is like I am cautiously optimistic on this like I'm excited mm. because I want more of The Office but also, a lot of times when people like to try to like recook something, like it doesn't work out. Like it's not nearly as good as the first time. Or they're like, "Hey, this is politically relevant now. Let's yeah. do some funny show about it." And sometimes yeah. it ends up just being a little cringy. No, that is true, and it doesn't. And then also the, I mean, the second thing is, which we kind of talked about last week. It, one thing that's so interesting and great about the office is that it's almost it's it's almost timeless right like it's still relevant much many years later when you watched it right it wasn't super like i feel like sometimes when you get very political or around current events like it's even not political if it's just around very current current events like agreed it doesn't age well or it does become super cringy where it's like you're trying to satire a world that is already weirder than satire which is kind of what the onion is having a little bit of difficulty with in the current day and age mm-hmm. i think that sometimes for those i think the writing suffers when you're when you have a certain current event that you're surrounding your writing with mm-hmm. because it's an easy thing to fall back on mm-hmm. yeah. so you're just like hey this is relevant and you know about it and that's what kind of makes it cringy yeah no I, like, I we I don't need this like stop You know, so that's why I'm a little skeptical about this. I'm cool with more office. Trust me. Mm -hmm. I'm totally fine. I love Steve Carell, but we'll see. I feel like they should have done this in five to 10 years. Um, And the reason the reason I say that is a show that I absolutely love and rewind a little bit for those of you guys that don't know my history. I love the West Wing. I love Studio 60. Like I love Sorkin stuff. So much, but a show that I loved recently, I really love the newsroom on HBO. And I've never watched it, but I've heard so many good things. It is really good. And one thing that they do is it's kind of placed within this universe. 
but it's like five to 10 years ago, right? And so what will happen is that you'll have breaking news stories that we experienced in real time, right? Like when we were alive, but it's five, 10 years later. So it's not cringy, but you almost kind of get like a little bit of the emotional throwback to it, right? And like a little bit of a spoiler alert, not a huge one, but like in the uh, series premiere, if I remember correctly, the anchored news story that a lot of the stuff is happening around is the Deepwater Horizon BP oil spill. Um, mm. So it kind of like anchors it with you and that gives it a it gives it a grounding where it's like, okay, this is happening in our universe. And you can kind of be like, okay, now I know what kind of frame of reference to view this through, but it's back far enough where it's not cringy, where it's like, oh, it's happening today. Why are you talking about this? So, yes, I like agree. That, so that's how I, I kind of wish that, like, if Steve Carell did Space Force, like, in, you know, 2025, I think that would be an absolutely hilarious show. Yes, one one show that I think did a terrible job with current events. Um, did you ever watch American Horror Story? I did not. I did not. All One right. Of first season really turned me off. First season I thought was good. Second season I thought was good. Every season after that, not so great. Okay. Um, but the last season, they tried to make it this current event thing and. Mm -hmm. It was like based off the election, and it was about this. It was just terrible. Like it yeah. was just not good yeah. <laughs> because, yeah. like, you were re-experiencing the same exact thing, and they're trying to make it relevant in this weird way. Like it just didn't work. Mm -hmm. It didn't make any sense. Yeah, and I just need to get that off my chest. I, I hate that. Hey, crap. that's what shenanigans is for to get it is. get things off of our chest and just go with it. That's why I record this shirtless. I, I do too. I so weird. That. that is so, so weird. So weird. That is so weird. Wow. Wow. Kevin, good on you. No. <laughs> so glad, glad that somebody planned that. <laughs> Damn it, Kevin. We fired him like three years ago, Kevin. <laughs> Yo, but that's just how much he loves the show. He's here year after He's year. He's volunteering. Just time. volunteering. Now things are coming into question. He makes me record shirtless and like some of the other things I'm looking at. I'm like, really? You want me to do that? And he's like, You know, yes. Kevin, Kevin came to me the other day, right? He was like, hey, Nick, like, can you sign this form for my school credit? Because, you know, he he's doing our internship here at Shenantics for, for school yeah. credit. Yeah, yeah. And I and you know what I did? I slapped him in the face. I said, get the hell out of here. You don't deserve that. And you know, he <laughs> fell out of school because of it. Isn't that funny? <laughs> that, that's, that's hilarious. Yeah, he spent $50,000 on tuition. <laughs> and so, he didn't get a degree. Isn't that it's, hilarious? It's, it, that is, that is, that is <laughs> oh, great. That's God. why we use the free labor for stories <laughs> <Kevin>. like this. <laughs> oh, good kid. Good kid, good kid. Maybe that's the reason he's still around. So yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, explains the bottle of arsenic. <laughs> but uh, but yeah. <laughs> okay. So speaking of arsenic, so uh, this past weekend I was in uh, San Antonio for Pack South. Wow. Uh, yeah. yeah, three years, three years in a row now. You guys but, never uh, picked me up at the airport. What was that about? Uh, we did, we did. So can I tell you a real quick funny little side story? No. Okay, great. So we were uh, when it was, I think it was Friday night when me and Yummy were drinking, maybe drinking, hypothetically drinking 
allegedly drinking alcohol and messaging you and harassing you. And it was I remember I was streaming. It was it was in Snapchat and Yummy says to me, Hold on a second. And she sends it so it saves the messages and she's like, This will be helpful later. And I was like, Yummy, you get me. You understand <laughs> you understand the mission, the task at hand. So but uh but yeah, no, that was that was absolutely great. But anyways, but the main reason I want to talk about Pack South is a little bit of a throwback because um I think it was after the episode when you had gone to TwitchCon, you and I had talked about the scooters that are appearing in cities. Did, was that does that sound familiar? It wasn't for TwitchCon. It was when I went to Dallas. That's what Com it was. So it's a fucking Texas thing. It's was, a Texas yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when you went to Dallas to visit uh, Common Web and had food with them, and I'm now trying to compete for their affection. Um, oh, it was so great. Yeah soon hashtag soon i will be over there but yeah, um okay but for those of you guys that don't know um a few cities across the u.s i'm not sure exactly where but at least dallas i know san jose san antonio they're trying to hit the sands i believe um various companies are dropping these electric scooters into the cities that you can rent. And so some of the big names are Bird, Lime, Jump, and Razor, I believe are the four that I saw in San Antonio. And it's it's kind of, it's similar to like Uber where there's, it's like an app based system and you pull up the app, you walk up to a scooter, it's got a QR code, you launch the app, you scan the QR code and then you can ride that scooter around and the prices in San Antonio were like a dollar to start the ride and then 15 cents a minute thereafter. And then you can just kind of go park it wherever you want. You don't have to like put it in a specific place. You just leave it anywhere on the sidewalk, stop your ride, take a picture of the scooter and on the way you go. Um, so Skanky had seen them in Dallas. I saw them in San Antonio just this past weekend. That was the first time I had seen them. Um, I wish I remembered what episode we had talked about it on. If Maybe it'll show up in the show notes. No pressure. Whoever may write the show notes, tiny. Um, <laughs> if it does show up, <laughs> we are eternally grateful. Um, but I'm curious, did you ride any of these while you were in Dallas? No. Also, it was episode 89 uh, tiny and no um i didn't because i was against them and i still am to this day really yes okay can you can you give us a real quick breakdown of why you're against them i don't like them because they're a nuisance they okay. take up space where people could be walking mm -hmm. uh they're dangerous to use on the sidewalk which is where most people use these vehicles mm -hmm. and there's absolutely no regulation on their use their parking and the speed at which these scooters go i okay. end my case all right so my thing i believe i had said back in the day is there's there's two main kind of things that i like about the scooters this is back in episode 89 i'm trying to like rephrase what i said then i'll give you guys my update from current um back then never having seen them but the idea of kind of why i like them is if you can give people an easier mode of transportation, then maybe you can get less cars on the road, which I think is a beneficial thing to cities in general. Um, and another thing that could be beneficial is that it might help people start using public transportation. If the public transportation can get you 80 to 90% of the way there and the last 10%, you can use a scooter to get to your final destination. Like that to me is appealing about it. However, I've now been in a city with the scooters 
Mm. First of all. Second of all, unlike Skanky, I am a true hardened Shenantix reporter. And so... <laughs> oh, excuse me! So I, along with... I was going to call him a Shenantix co-host, but that doesn't work. I wish I could have brought him on so we can talk about it together. But but me, essentially what I'm trying to say is that me and Calm together rode the scooters. Calm is an honorary co-host of this podcast. Honorary co- co-host, lawbreakers, you know and all that good stuff. He is a... He's a, hmm, we can call him like an, a reporter for Shenantics. Ooh, I like the investigative reporter. He's a correspondent. 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 So Shenantics correspondent, Calm, and I, we, we hopped on these uh, scooters and we went for a little bit of a trial run, um, I should say. Calm had never used the, it before? I don't know if he had. No, he, I think he had used. No, maybe he hadn't because he had to download the app with me. So I'm not sure. I don't think he had. We were sparked on because Jittery had used them before, and she kind of taunted us into using them. Um, mostly <laughs> Sounds be- like Jittery. <laughs> mostly because she had to go somewhere. <laughs> I kid you not. This is how I, like, in my mind, this is how it replays in my mind. We're in, like, the group, and Jittery has to go off somewhere, and then she's going to meet back up with us, and she okay. hops on a scooter and, like, zips away into the <laughs> oh my god like, that's right down the street like it's middle of the night like they got like these street lights shining on it she makes this nice sharp curve and turns i'm like wow she's like like a gazelle through the evening just like <laughs> prancing along it was, J- it was honestly gross. jittery if you came to me and said hey jittery's batman i'd be like yeah i know oh absolutely like I, absolutely. absolutely i agree I agree. Jittery, jittery might be Batman. 100% Batman. <laughs> yeah, 100% Batman. No might about it. <laughs> so, no, I, I no doubt in my mind. <laughs> I, I agree with you, actually. Yeah, so uh, Jitter Cricket, a.k.a. Batman. Um, <laughs> did you actually know that in real life, her name is Bruce? <laughs> wow. Just all the learning just keeps so much. <laughs> like, Everything, I, it all makes sense now. It all makes sense. Like, I'm shocked we didn't see it at the beginning of it. Jesus. So. Anyways, wow. um, but yeah, so then me and Com were downloading the apps and we signed up for a few of them and we uh, went on a little bit of a test ride and my first impressions are these things are not safe <laughs> at That's all. That's exactly what ex- I'm telling you. They go fast. They go really fast. They go really, And people really are fast. driving them on the freaking sidewalk. But they're also driving without helmets. Yes. Like, like my thing is like, realistically like with on a bike we, we can debate about this all day long but a, a really big reason of why you need to ride a helmet on the bike is because of everyone else around you right like yeah because exactly. of the other cars and like like external forces the reason you need a helmet on a scooter is because you're a fucking idiot and the thing goes 12 <laughs> miles an hour like exactly like you're gonna kill yourself on this damn thing um but no, it goes it goes very very fast but I will do the caveat it goes very fast when it works because there was a second time that me and Kam rode these scooters and we broke, we were going out to breakfast and there was a like group of like 12 of us. Right. And me and Kam are like, we're going to ride the scooters there. We'll see you guys there. We'll put our name in for the reservation. It'll be cool. <laughs> and so like the, <laughs> that's that's your the common impression? <laughs> that's my common impression. The rest of the group walks off. Me and Kam get on our scooters and we're like, Oh, we're going to take the scenic route, which is, was essentially a direct route that went down a different side street. 
And okay. <laughs> the worst thing is, is like we're getting there, we're like like three quarters of the way there. We make a turn, and the group is right behind us. So it's not even like we saved that much time. <laughs> and it was like so embarrassing. We're like, oh my god, could you imagine if they beat us to the restaurant when we rode scooters there? That would been awful. That's we, not so only funny. did we look like dorks, but it gave us no benefit to get there. Um, but yeah, no. So the, I mean, we ran into a little bit of technical difficulties on that ride, so that might be part of the reason that they kind of beat us a bit. But uh, um, I think my overall thing is that I agree with you that they're not safe. Then they are really are a nuisance in the sense that there is so many like not even talking about the people riding them outside the people riding them on the sidewalk because i'll get to that in a second um there are so many of them lined up on the sidewalk that they just drop them off like trash right like just like oh just like throw them out the back of the truck and just leave them there so that people can ride them around jittery had a great tweet she took a picture when we're walking past where there was like like 20 or 30 scooters like lined up in a circle just sitting there in this like open public space and it just felt like I don't know. There's so many of them that it just, it kind of took away from part of the city. And I, when I was thinking about it more, because when we had talked about it in the past, I was like, it would be interesting to see these in Chicago, but I don't think you could do these in Chicago. Do you have these in New York? I'm curious. No, no. And I don't think you could pull these off in Chicago or New York for the mere fact of when they're not being ridden, they take up so much sidewalk space. And in Chicago and New York, that sidewalk space is needed by pedestrians walking. Oh, like, it's so hugely important. Yeah. Like, when, like if you're like, you know, in a, especially if you're in one of the really, really busy areas, like if you're like in the loop of Chicago, like people are always like filled up the sidewalk like five abreast and you can barely pass people so like that's why it's even more frustrating when you get behind a slow person but now imagine now you have scooters that are taking up two-thirds of the sidewalk or even one-third of the sidewalk like it's just inhibiting what the normal pedestrian traffic would be not counting people that would be riding on the sidewalk in addition to all those ones that are parked on there and so i agree with you that i think that they are really a nuisance. And then the last thing is what you said is that people are riding on a sidewalk and they should be riding in the street. And realistically, they could get by riding in the street. Me and Com rode in the street for a while. We saw other people riding in the street and it wasn't that big of a deal, but also riding on it and feeling how dangerous it is. Like Mm -hmm. I ride on the street in Chicago, like in rush hour to work and back. Like I am like no like stranger to being right next to giant cars that could possibly kill me and i'm yeah. like i don't know if i want to ride the scooter or the street like i'll ride my <laughs> bike there but i do not like san antonio streets too where there aren't that many cars i'm like yeah i don't know that seems risky just, yeah so uh but yeah no i think i agree with everything that you said before like i think i think these are this cool ideal that don't work out in practice in my opinion, mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, they'd be cool if they did this. But when you apply it, it doesn't work out that well. And then it's also kind of shitty that they're doing the Lyft Uber model where they're saying, oh, we'll just drop it in here. And then when the governments want to come back to us, we'll say, oh, I'm sorry. Now you can regulate us. Like instead of mm-hmm. going to the cities being like, hey, we want to do this. And the cities are like, all right, you can do it in these parameters. They're just like, yeah, fuck it. Here you go. Have have 3000 scooters and we'll see how you guys. do <sighs> So, yeah, I the thing that I it's just so simple to me. Mm-hmm. For, for that all these guys needed to do was follow the city bike model mm-hmm, like in mm-hmm. New York City where you just have yes. an area yes, and you put the scooters there yeah, and you have them like a couple blocks you know every couple blocks mm-hmm. I mean you can't it's so easy to find a city bike rack in New York City yeah it, it's like so simple 
No, it's so and true. they just want it to be oh, like drop it off wherever. Where yeah. in reality, it's not even that big of a nuisance yeah. to to just go somewhere and drop it off. Like yeah, people are used to doing that, right? I mean, yeah. it doesn't make it makes no sense to me. Yeah. I'm just. The way, yeah, one I thing I'll it. say though is like a little bit of a caveat of that because I, I agree with you because we have the same thing with the Divi bike system in Chicago, right? It's a dock system where you have to start and end at docks. They were testing on the south side of Chicago the um, the dockless bikes where you can just park them anywhere like these scooters are. But um, Chicago had a rule that you couldn't just leave the bike on a sidewalk when you ended your ride. The bike had to be attached to a physical object so the idea okay. of being like you can just attach it to a regular bike rack right it doesn't have to go to a divvy rack it can just end like if you drove it to work you can park it at the bike rack outside work um and this reminded me of how denver did it and i feel like there is a compromise that could work and it could work with the scooters where it's um the way denver does it is they have a dockless system where you can bring the bikes anywhere you want in the city and you can leave them anywhere you want in the city. However, there are docks that you can also park them in. And the benefit to you is that if you end your trip and you park it at a dock, it's $2 less. If you want to park it, just leave it anywhere. Then you pay a $2 surcharge. And I kind of like that idea. And I also like, because like the dockless system, they have locks built in. So like the idea is like, let's say you want to go to the store, run into the store for five minutes and then run out. Well, you can just leave it there, dock it in real quick and then go to the store and come out. And it's most likely your bike is still going to be there and you can keep on going. Right. So that'd be the yeah. benefit of the scooter model. But if I'm just going to work, I'm not going to leave it outside work. I mean, go less than a block away and drop it off in the actual dock and save myself two dollars like yeah and so i think there is a nice happy medium that we've seen where like i agree with you that the city bike and the divvy system between new york and chicago is maybe the better ideal but there are benefits to the dockless system to leave anywhere but let's cut the middle and let's do it in a way like denver has where you can kind of get the benefits of both worlds so. I'm cool with that. I'm fine. I'm fine with that idea. Yeah. So that's. I that's think that's how a we're nice incentive. That's a nice yeah. incentive. Shenanticsville. We're gonna have a a bike <laughs> share, a scooter share, and it's gonna go along this route. And it's gonna be amazing. I so can't wait. It's gonna be all. It's gonna be awesome. I think next year we're launching with that. Uh yeah yeah I think so. It's a couple like, little a couple small things that we have to figure out first. A couple yeah, of kinks, like, you know. Yeah, like where we're we gonna acquire the land. That's that seems like something last minute I can figure out. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Let's get the branding down first. Talking then... about land. Yeah. You know what I watched yesterday? What? I watched that Netflix documentary on fire. Festival. I was going to ask you about this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I watched I watched the Netflix one. I didn't watch the Hulu one. All right. I wish you but, watched both cuz I want to ask which one I should watch. Okay, so this is the thing. Yeah. I read Did you read the the really good NPR article about this? No, I didn't. And not. like comparing yeah. the two. Do you have a link? Uh yes, I can send you a link. All right. Um so really interesting about these documentaries because they kind of they they there's some weird little thing, little tidbits about how these documentaries were made mm-hmm. that will maybe change your idea about which one to watch or whether to not watch either of them. Interesting. Real quick, before we get into that, can we give a rundown about 
Fire Festival, what these documentaries are about, and then we'll talk about which the background about them, about the two different ones. Sure. So um, right late, I mean, I know the I, I haven't watched the documentary, so all I remember about Fire Festival is a little bit that's coming to my mind about the shit show that went down. So if you can give us like a high level overview. Yeah. I can't find this freaking article, and it's really annoying the hell out of I me. I found two. I found Fire Festival documentary shows perception and review of Netflix's. Yeah, it's another one that's supposed to be like, which one should you watch? It was like one of those. I don't know. Because um, they were talking about ethics and stuff. But huh, uh, I'll you're, send you the few that I saw, and then we'll, we can we work it out afterwards. We'll, we'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so you want me to explain the fire festival thing? Yeah, yeah. What what is this doc? Why why is there a documentary made about the fire about festival? About it? Yeah. Okay, so I didn't hear about the fire festival mm-hmm. scandal thing until after everything was happening. Mm. But supposedly, you know, Fire was a company that this dude started with Ja Rule the rapper, mm-hmm. um which was a way for people to book musical talent for an event so you could like go on fire.com f-y-r-e and you could say like hey i want to get 50 cent for my grandma's 89th birthday party Mm, and you would like communicate with his agent and try to get 50 cent to come to your grandma's 89th birthday party Mm -hmm. so this guy who did this his name was billy something i don't remember he was like this yeah, 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 I guess so. Uh, that sounds familiar. Okay. And he was, he was like the he's an entrepreneur, and he started this website called Fire. And he decided that he was gonna make this festival. It's called Fire Festival, which was gonna be like a luxury festival where people mm-hmm. were spending a ton of money on tickets, mm-hmm. which they never actually said in the, in the Netflix documentary how much the tickets were, but I'm assuming they were exorbitant. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they were doing, they were they had this whole thing planned out where they were get, they bought an island in the Bahamas mm-hmm. that was previously owned by Pablo Escobar, <laughs> and nice. they were going to have a thousand people like a thousand plus people on this island mm-hmm. and they were going to have all these headline, really big headliners like Blink-182 and and all these people performing at this festival. Mm-hmm. And they were going to live in these awesome tents. Mm-hmm. Like cabana style. Cabana style tents and they were going to, you could spend $250,000 and get like a big house mm-hmm. and all this stuff. So they start doing this marketing campaign mm-hmm. and they hired all these really um, you know, really high class, high caliber models and and influencers to make this whole commercial for it mm-hmm. and to peddle it on social media. And okay. it, yeah. it, they were promising, you know, that it was going to be on this island and it was going to have all these amazing things. And they sold out like immediately. Mm-hmm. In reality, none of the stuff that they said on the island, like that was going to be on the island actually was real (laughs) they hadn't planned any of it that's insane and it was they were scheduling it to only be in like six months or less Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. from when they came out with a video Mm -hmm. so it was like go time so i don't want to give away everything but i mean it's pretty much the story everyone kind of knows the story ish maybe um because it was in the news and stuff but Mm -hmm. Yeah, everything failed. 
it didn't so work good. out. <laughs> so good. Um, but it's about it's a story about how it didn't work, why it didn't work, and they interview employees. Um, I think really the saddest part about the story mm-hmm. is that all the people in the Bahamas who worked, um, I mean, they were working twenty four hour shifts trying to get this festival to happen. Mm-hmm. And they were they hired hundreds of people from the Bahamas to do this, mm-hmm. and none of them were paid for any of their time. Oh, that's working. Terrible. That is really yeah. awful. Um, so yeah, it's it's an interesting documentary. It's an interesting documentary. Interesting. It was a slow start, but it picked up. I thought. Yeah, that uh, what's it? Uh, part of the intro, and I I'm. I'm interested because you say you watched the Netflix one, but you didn't watch the Hulu one. And I, I, when I landed today and got back to my apartment, I pulled up Netflix and I almost started the, watching the Netflix one. But then I wanted to find out which of the two I should watch. And so I kind of backed off. I'm like, all right, we'll decide this later. Like, I'm not going not gonna to dive in now. But um, you watched the Netflix one and did you enjoy it? Yes, I did. Okay. So Also, the you- article is... Fighting Fire with Fire Fraud, two documentaries about the same disaster. Okay, cool. Is that the one? I'll send it to you. Yeah, send it but, to me. Yeah. Link um, in the show notes. So, yeah, this this article, um, I didn't know some of the stuff, like watch, like initially watching it, but I mm-hmm. had heard that the Hulu one was better. Okay. Um, That's what I had also heard, is that the Hulu one is better. So there, there are a couple of really big ethical things, though. Okay. That were concerning for both documentaries. Mm-hmm. So number one, the Netflix one is produced by the mark, one of the marketing companies that were hired to promote the fire festival. Interesting. This, this marketing company called uh, fuck Jerry, <laughs> literally the name of the company. And they were producers on this documentary, which is a little weird. Hmm. And they're interviewed in the film. Interesting. Yeah, so that was a little weird. That is very weird. That is very weird. Now, something about the Hulu documentary. Mm -hmm. The Netflix documentary, there was no interviews with Brian McIntyre, the guy who did the whole thing. Mm -hmm. They didn't didn't interview him. Hulu has an interview with Brian. Interesting. But they paid him for the interview. Interest. I mean, hold on. But is that a weird thing for them for them to pay him for the interview? Absolutely. Oh, it is. You never pay anyone for interviews. Oh, really? This is why we yeah. have a journalist on this this podcast. No one in a no one in a documentary should ever be paid to do an interview. Or in as in a, as a journalist, mm-hmm. you're never supposed to have anyone pay you to do an interview because right. they could say whatever the hell they want. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah. They'll say anything you need for them to say. Interesting. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, like, so you can make your choice. They're they, both. It's, it's kind of interesting because they both have like a problem. Like they both have like not not a problem, but like something that's like a little bit questionable about the integrity of them. Yes, a little bit. Interesting. A little bit. All right. Now, I mean, the the Netflix one with the with the guys who produced it. I mean, it's a little weird. Yeah. Because you know they're able to spin this mm-hmm. 
the their the fuck Jerry company yeah. as them saying, Hey, we didn't know anything about this, you know, like yeah. we were just getting what they told us, you know, to do blah 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 blah. But now, you know, you don't really know if that's true. Yeah. Because they're freaking producers on this. So like what are you supposed to believe? Yeah. You know? No, that is true. But interesting. Right. Yeah, and, to... and Brian probably said whatever the hell he wanted because he got paid. So yeah, right, exactly. You know, doesn't matter. Yeah, no, that's true. I'm gonna, I'm interested to watch it. I, I've, I don't remember exactly when this went down. I feel like it was on when I took a trip to, um, Denver because I remember this going down because Twitter was blowing up about it, and I remember there was, um, there was either a journalist or it was just a Twitter user that was at Fire Festival and like following their thread of like. The, the shit show that was this going down was it was it was it was crazy to watch like like things like if I remember correctly the meals that they were being served were like because they were like allegedly gonna be served like gourmet meals and like being served like slices of white bread with like two pieces of lettuce on top or something like that like like <laughs> yeah, there's like geez. crazy things and like like oh here's these high-end cabanas that aren't assembled at all they're just kind of like sitting here like these like ghetto tents they like, weren't even high they they were uh leftover hurricane tents yeah oh my gosh <laughs> but, truly without watching the documentary and just vague memories of what happened from the twitter thread that i read because i haven't read anything about it since then what it reminds me of is like a college student that put off their like term paper until the night before and they're like uh -huh. having all these great ideas like checking in with the professor like no, no no i'm gonna do this this and this it's gonna be amazing and then it's like night before like oh fuck all right, how do I somehow bang out 26 pages of a turbaber? They're like, all right, we got three-inch margins. <laughs> like, yeah, right, right. We'll bring in the hurricane tents. It'll be great. Uh, somehow somehow they won't notice that this is what I'm doing. But, um, yeah. but that's what it sometimes reminds me of. It really does. That is, it is heartbreaking that there are there were people from the Bahamas that like put in all this work and then never got paid for it. Yeah, um, it's terrible. That is, that is really, really shitty. So it's one thing to like, look from the outside and kind of laugh at oh all these really rich people that paid a lot of money to go to fire festival got screwed over and didn't have a good time ah, ha 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 we can all laugh at that but then when there are people that are actually being impacted that does suck so yeah but, um, but i am i'm interested to watch this i might watch both of them and see which one i think is better yeah so, it looks yeah. like you get two different you do get two different i almost said perspectives but you do you do get two different stories so that'll be interesting you do. To see they how are different change, so they are different yeah, but yeah, maybe I'll do that. I got to get a 30-day Hulu trial to watch this. Maybe I'll watch that in Handsmaid's Tales, and I can cancel my Hulu subscription again. So, that's probably that's actually a pretty good idea. That's, that's probably a decent idea. Yeah, so. you should just do that. Interesting. All right, cool. Cool, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Cool. All right, Skanky. Yes. Are you ready for this? I got some questions for you. Yes, okay. So this all started because of a thing that I would say... Elder millennials have strong <laughs> memories of. And as a younger millennial, we're curious if you also know about some of these various things. Okay. Um, this sounds like a game show on Jimmy Fallon or something. It, it kind of is, maybe. In school, did you ever, did your teacher ever use an overhead projector, sometimes known as an Elmo? Yes. Okay. Perfect. For those of you guys that don't know, overhead projectors are the things where like the bright light shines up over and then projects it onto a screen, and then they use markers to write on like, but, like the trans sheet. the transparent sheets with yes, the, the transparent. I never called it an Elmo. 
So apparently that's just me. So I think I've Elmo, never heard of it called an Elmo. Elmo is a brand of overhead projector, and oh. ours or the Elmo brand. Um, hold on, I'm trying to pull up pictures for you real quick. I mine was an Elmo brand, and so I remember because it had Elmo like prominently on the mirror part up top, and so mm-hmm. I, like I think because of that, some of our teachers called them Elmos. Um, oh yeah, because I, I never heard about that before. Here we go. I got the picture. It's very hard to see because I, I'm shocked why people don't just take glamour shots of these fucking things. <laughs> like, Me too. Very yeah, surprised. Oh, God, I'm shocked. But on this one, you can kind of see on the mirror part it says Elmo. Okay. On the very gotcha. very top. Gotcha. But, uh, gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, there'll be a link in the show notes. We're just stealing people's IP at this point. I know, right? Um. Okay. Uh, next question. Do you know how to write in cursive? Yes. Were you taught it in school? Yes. Interesting. Okay. Have you ever <laughs> written a check? Aren't kids still taught cursive in school? I don't think so. Because that was the word. I hate cursive. I, I don't also write hate cursive. cursive. Me either. I don't think I remember 80% of cursive. I could never remember how to do a Z in cursive. Oh, I remember Z's for because they're weird. You go like a loop de up and then you turn around and you go down low and up. That's so interesting. <laughs> that was very also very, very descriptive. I like that. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um have you ever driven a stick shift car? Yes. Oh, really interesting. Okay. I have. I, I've always wanted to learn how to drive stick and my brother uh drives stick. Okay. All right. So there were there were a couple of times one of my best friends from high school also had a stick and mm-hmm. we I drove with him a couple of times and I drove with my brother a couple of times but I okay. still don't know how to drive stick but I did okay. it a couple but times. You, but you you've at least attempted. Yes, I've attempted. Okay. Have you ever made a phone call on a phone in your home that was attached to the wall? AKA yes. not a cordless phone. Yes. I had really? a wired phone. You guys had a wired phone. That was a I never phone. had a rotary. I don't know if I ever had a rotary. <laughs> you know, my grandma might have had a rotary. Well, I don't know. Hold on. Hey, Sarah. Yeah. Did you ever make a call on a rotary <laughs> phone? <laughs> you did? <laughs> I do. You're older than me. That's why I'm asking you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Yes. Yeah, Sarah. Sarah's 30. Yeah, she's older than me. Uh, she's made a call on a rotary phone. That, that was real dangerous there. <laughs> You're older than me. <laughs> I'm not yeah. from the 1800s. <laughs> yeah, okay. you, did you know Alexander Graham Bell? <laughs> I was I I don't want to get in trouble or else I'd ask if they had electricity back in those <laughs> days or if everything was done by candlelight. It's like it's like I don't know. Um, <laughs> yes, I dysentery. have. Oh. I've died of dysentery. <laughs> I've had um, a wired phone before. Yes. Okay. Cool. Have you ever used a floppy disk? Yes. Now hold on. What is it? The have you used? The actual floppy disk, or did you use the, the the what the fuck is it? God, and now it's escaping me. Have you have you only used the three and a half inch, or have you also used the five and a quarter inch, the actual floppy disk? Um, I have to look. Give me a second. So there was a three and a half and a five and a half, right? No, three and a half and five and a quarter. Five and a quarter. Three and a half um, is the one where it's got the slidey metal part. 
I remember that one. The five and a quarter is it's got like a circle and a line, and it's actually like bendable. Yes, I've done. I've used both of them. Oh, very interesting. Do you remember when you used them? Because I'm I'm more curious about that now. When the fuck would you have used a floppy disk? <clears throat> okay, I had a couple of. Oh God, there used to be a Dell computer that I had mm. that took. Um, three and a half inch. Okay. I remember I had f- the five and a quarter, mm-hmm. but I don't remember what I had on it. I think my brother had it, I guess, okay. and he had stuff. He was always the computer geek in yeah. the family. Yeah. So I think he was using them. Okay. Um, so I remember seeing them. I don't remember what was on them, though. Okay. Now... Ancillary questions was not created by the group, but I, I'm curious for my own thing. Did okay. you ever use a zip disk and a zip drive? Oh, that sounds so familiar. Zip disk and a yeah. zip drive. Yeah. I those sounded so familiar to me, but I didn't. But I probably my brother probably did because the zip drive looks extremely familiar. Um, but I never did. No. All right, so. I used them a few times. They were like the post floppy disk before everything moved to like CDs. Uh-huh. Um, but I don't think they ever really caught on. I When I had used them, I used them with one of my jobs in high school. Um, but then I also used it outside of my job because there was a time I downloaded something on the internet and it was a dot zip. And I thought that meant I had to put it onto the zip disk and unload it off the zip drive. I didn't understand that it was like a file compression thing. (laughs) So I couldn't figure out how to get to work. I was like, I don't understand why I have to do this. And also it's not ever loading. Um, But yeah, that was, that was, that was great. Weird. Dude, I just found this amazing website. Yeah. It's called obsoletemedia.org. Oh my God. Yes. Do you ever use mini disks? Mini discs, yeah. Yes, I loved mini discs in. Uh, I used them in high school. Oh my god, I love. I used to lose use those all the time. They were a fad for like maybe a year or two, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. It was a very short period of time that they were. But they were releasing yeah. everything on mini discs. Yeah, I see. I was in the time where I had to take like CDs and put them on mini disc, like with the optical cable out of like a CD drive into like my mini disc player. And like, Mm -hmm. and you had to burn it in real time. Like you had to play the CD and then would record it in real time on your mini disc. God, that was awful. That was so bad. Did you ever, did you ever make a mixtape on a cassette? Mm Hmm. I've, I had them, but I never made it. Okay. I my think brother I, made them for me. Yeah, I think I probably. made like one or two on a cassette. I didn't make very many. I was at the very tail end of that. I still have my old CD binder, though. Oh, that, really? The big black ones? Yeah, man. Oh, my gosh. I, that was my pride and joy. Probably one of the... That was the coolest thing when I used to have my... <laughs> so nerdy, man. It is I had so my nerdy. CD it's drive amazing. case. It used mm-hmm. to be the coolest kid. When he used to open that shit up, be like, all right, guys, what do you need? I got it. You're flipping through. So true. You got your pirated copy of uh, Photoshop CS3 on there. Allegedly, all right, allegedly pirated copy. Of, allegedly. I'll hook uh, you up. I got the key. I got the serial number, allegedly uh, written in Sharpie on the on yes. it right there. Yo, you oh got you got Windows, Windows XP 64-bit Pro Edition? I got you, bro. 
<laughs> that is so nerdy and I love it. Did you did your black CD binder was it um was it like the two sheets or the four sheets? My brother had the four sheets. I was always so jealous because it was so cool. I had the two sheeter though. It was still badass though. It was still keep telling yourself that's cake. Dude, I had so many so weird programs though. in there. Dude, I gotta find it. We gotta look through. I had like fucking like you know the program Fruity Loops? <laughs> No, it's Fruity Loops. It's like a DJing software. Oh my god, yes. This is so good. Dude, I had the weirdest shit on there. Oh my god. You know, I can, real quick, since you mentioned DJing software, can I tell you what my one of my favorite things that happened in the past? I think it was this week, if not, it was the week before. Okay. I'm smiling just thinking about it. My favorite thing that happened is when you posted the 2009 to 2019 comparison picture oh, of yourself. Oh, no. And Nesto responded, this satisfies my soul. <laughs> and the 2009 picture is you with this like long hair. It's something about yep. peace on your shirt. And mm-hmm. everything about that exchange was my favorite thing. It was so yep. good. That was, that was it, man. That was it oh, right there. Oh, my God. That's so good. That was the stuff of dreams. <laughs> it was. That was so good. Oh, my God. Anyways, right, we got a few more of these to crank through so we can <laughs> close up the episode. Um, have you ever eaten in a restaurant where people were allowed to smoke cigarettes? Um, and if you were, was there a designated smoking section or is it throughout the regu- the whole restaurant? Yes, I remember smoking non-smoking sections. Okay. All right. You're not as young as most of us think you are. <laughs> Does the phrase be kind, rewind mean anything to you? <laughs> No, not off the top of my head. God damn it. <laughs> what the hell is that? Wait, are you serious? Oh, yes. Rewind your VHS tapes. Okay, I was like, I was like, hold on, are you fucking with me? I thought maybe it was like a commercial or some shit. There was there was yes. a movie with Jack Black. Um I remember at one point. in Blockbuster, you would have to rewind your mm-hmm. tapes. But th- didn't they do that automatically after a while? I think at a point because it used to be for at first you had to rewind your tapes, then you could buy a tape rewinder, which some people would have right next to their VHS uh, player, where you would take it out and then put in the tape rewinder. And then apparently Blockbuster realized they could also just buy their own tape rewinder. <laughs> yeah, the, they started doing that. So yeah, no, there was a point where it was no longer necessary. Um, to I remember um, one time I was um, I was really one of the weird t- childhood memory. I was putting in because, you know, every family had like their VHS tapes. Right. But they were like ripped from TV without mm-hmm. commercials. You yes. Know? Yeah. And I had one of uh, Star Wars. I don't remember which one it was. I guess mine had been Empire Strikes Back. Mm-hmm. And I remember I was like, oh, I'm so excited. I was so excited to play this VHS tape because I was going to watch it for the millionth time. And yeah. I was like freaking out. I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. And I did it really quickly. So I put the VHS in. And it fucked up the VHS, and I couldn't watch it, and I was just so sad. That is, that's really, I don't know that's why like that came to my story. mind, but like now I'm sad about I'm VHS tapes. Sad. Wow. Damn. All right, next question, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so this is the lightning round. Um, <laughs> this, this hasn't been the lightning round? <laughs> this hasn't been the lightning round. This is the lightning round. Uh, I call okay. this, um, I don't know what the fuck I would call this. Current events in middle school and high school. <laughs> okay. Not current events. Let's go with fads. Fads. 
Um, Fast. These are things okay. that I did in middle school, elementary school, middle school, and high school, and I'm curious if that you partook in any of them. Okay. Um, did you ever collect pogs? Pogs. How are they spelled? P a g s. P o g s. P o g s. Like the like the emote. Yes. Yeah. Exactly like the emote. Um. No. Interesting. Do you know what a pog is? No. So this is. I'm getting milk caps. Yes, they are like. So you know, if like you open up a milk cap, like a milk bottle, the there's like a oh, paper shit. on the bottom. And, I've seen these. Yes, and so there was a big fad where like god i remember going to the ball and buying these things it's fucking insane but like there's a the thing where it's like these little cardboard discs that are like an inch mm-hmm. wide and people would print stuff on them and you would collect various types of pogs and then there's an actual game associated with it that i don't think i ever played i just collected them um but there was a game i have a whole bunch of these somewhere oh you do so you did collect pogs at some i didn't point. Co- i didn't collect them but I do. You inherited them from a brother. <laughs> like, my my brother probably did because he used to be into Pokemon. Yeah, and they used to have a whole bunch of Pokemon versions of these. Ah, uh, okay. And I remember seeing a whole stack of them and not knowing like what the fuck these things were, like cardboard <laughs> things. Yeah, I just thought they were related to Pokemon. Yeah. Um, no, but yeah, yeah, I do. I do remember them. I never collected them myself. Though. Yeah. And uh, that's a, there's a game associated with them where you like stack them up, and then there's another piece called a slammer. That's like a heavy metal like cylinder that you would slam down on the pogs. And I don't know. I actually don't know how the game works, like how you're actually supposed to play pogs. Whoa, you saying that makes me think I've played this before. (laughs) That's crazy that you did collect it, but you did play it. That's but yeah, there was something where it's like I think what it is you stacked up the the, uh, a thing of pogs and you took the slammer and you hit it over, and then like if the pogs landed up or down, you got a certain amount of points, I believe. And then, or you got to keep some of them. I don't, I really don't remember. I just know I had an insane amount of them, which now a lot of my like hoarding tendency, I, collecting tendencies in my apartment is making sense. <laughs> like, yeah. Was yeah. Bred from a young age to keep just garbage. But, um, <laughs> so my next one is, um, did you ever, was it ever a fad? And did you ever play with yo-yos? Um, no, not as much as I guess you normally would play with a yo-yo. I, when I was in fifth grade, yo-yos were insanely popular. Um, like you would have, you'd have like three or four of them, like little yo-yo holders. There were certain ones that you would get. I bought the, like some of them later in life and they had like certain like greased ball bearings in them. So you could do tricks and stuff. You could do the walk the dog or like. The uh, I don't know various different ones, but uh, but yeah, there was a huge fad with yo-yos, um, at a point in time, like 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 the way fidget spinners were a fad. That's what yo-yos were <laughs> in my fifth grade, uh, fifth grade years. And then wow. when was this? This had to have been maybe this was fourth grade for me. But I'm curious, did you ever own a tamagotchi? No, I never owned them, but I know what they are. Okay. Yeah, I think everyone knows what Tamagotchi is. Did you ever own a Furby? No. Did you ever buy Beanie Babies? Yes. All right. I was into Beanie Babies. Interesting. All right. I think it was after the fad was done and over with, though. Yeah. Wait, wait, hold on. Sorry. So... What <laughs> the fan? It's no. It was no longer a fan to buy Beanie Babies. You're just like, I now want to buy these things. Yes. That's <laughs> so great. I got involved when <laughs> there was no value 
yes. perceived whatsoever. Oh and I just thought God. that they looked cool. <laughs> I love this. That is so good. That's so good. Oh my God, that's amazing. Um, uh, actually, uh, one more came to my mind because I'm curious okay. about this. Did you, when you were younger, I would say pre-college, um, take part in any collectible card games? Either Magic, Yu-Gi-Oh, Pokemon, Trading Card... Anything like that? Yeah. Which one? Yeah. I did uh, Pokemon, and for one summer, I played Yu-Gi-Oh. Okay, cool. Interesting. Yeah, my, my younger brothers also played Pokemon. It was, that was, I was, I had aged out of that when that became more popular. Although, I, um, I never really knew how to play Pokemon. And I'm pretty yeah. sure no one actually knew how to play Pokemon. <laughs> you want to hear a great story about that? Yes. So... I didn't play Pokemon, but there was a point in time where me and one of my friends wanted to get into Magic the Gathering. Oh, good luck. But we were very young, and so we didn't quite... Un- it was kind of like out, like you and Pokemon. Like We didn't understand that there was an actual game that people played. We were just collecting what we thought were cool cards. Yeah. And so then one day, we're like, oh, we're going we're gonna to make a deck... And we're gonna go play magic, right? And so, like, we sit down in, and we we found this local comic book shop that we we're gonna go to that they were gonna play magic there. And so we sat down in, like in my buddy's room, and we made this like deck uh, to go play magic with these like adult nerds. And we didn't understand anything about the game, so we just put all the cool cards in it. And the deck was like a good like six to seven inches tall. And so like okay. we sit, so we go to go play Magic, and we sit down and they're like, all right, like do you guys know how to play? And they're like, yeah, they're like yeah, you got a deck. We're like, yeah. And we pull like this like six inch stack of cards, and they're oh like, what's going on? They're like, no, like we're good to go. They're like, we don't think you know how to play this game. <laughs> we're like, like what do you mean? And so like they. Like, they're like, we want to teach you, but that's going to take way too long. Can you guys just go home to your parents? And so we had to leave and walk back home. And it was like so embarrassing. And I think that is truly when my infatuation with magic ended. And I didn't even care about collecting the cards anymore because, like, uh, this is too much for me. Um, I think my mom still has binders of magic cards. I have to go to her house to help her out with something tomorrow. So maybe I'll see if I can go. Go find some of my old magic cards. I'll post them to Instagram. But um. at one point, I really wanted to get into Warhammer. Oh yes, and um, there was a Warhammer store that was kind of far from me, but it was like in a mall. Mm-hmm. And me and my dad went there, and I was like, "Okay, let's get into this." And my dad, <laughs> my dad was like looking at the prices. He's like. Yeah, no, this is not the hobby for you. Because <laughs> <laughs> yes. that stuff's dead. really expensive. Yeah, yeah. No, and really you have is. to like dedicate time to it because you have to paint stuff and like it's like a that's a whole thing. Oh man, good stuff. Yeah, I had a friend that was into Warhammer. I never got into it because of the exact reason that you just said. Yeah, so. expensive. You know, just get into streaming, much less expensive. Yeah, right. No, exactly. Cost absolutely nothing with all this equipment that we have to. Absolutely nothing. Yeah, no. To do any of this, not time consuming either. Nope, 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 not at all. Uh, Skanky. So I don't have a food finish this week, so I got a real quick question for you. I'll give you my answer, so it gives you a few seconds to think about it. 
what are you going to eat tomorrow that you're really looking forward to? My answer mm. is, I think for lunch, I really want to get a gyro with a tzatziki sauce and a little bit of onions and a nice warm pita. What's that? It's going to be delicious. It's this awesome seasoned meat you can get at most Middle Eastern a places. A gyro? Yeah, yeah. You fucking, like like fucking the currency? Calm, fucking calm called it a gyro. Oh, a gyro. Oh, oh, gotcha. I never wanted to unfriend our correspondent more in my life. A gyro. I got you. Okay, that. Sorry, makes a lot. I don't know why you mispronounced that. Weird. So while you harassed me with that, I hope you were thinking about your answer. What are you looking forward to eating tomorrow? Uh, I'm gonna have some pasta, and some meatballs. Perfect. And some sausage. Ooh, do you put Parmesan cheese on top? Of course you do. What do you think? I'm a savage. Do you put the like craft Parmesan cheese in the, like the green canister, or do you like fresh grate yours on there? <sighs> depends on how I feel. <laughs> it depends. <laughs> depends how classy he's gonna be. You guys, that's been another episode of Shenantics. New episodes go live bright and early Monday morning, just in time for your workday, school day, commute, chores, whatever you do. We are there to hang out with you. You can find the podcast and where you find podcasts, including the iTunes Store, Google Play Store, and at our website at Shenantics.rocks, including. The Spotify place. Also, if you guys get a chance, head on over and check out our brand new artwork. It looks beautiful. <gasps> it should be live if I didn't fuck up the technical side of all of that. Um, it's definitely on shenantics.rocks as of right now. So head on over there and take a look at that. It is gorgeous. If you have any comments or questions, you can send us a tweet at twitter.com slash shenanticspod or an email at podcast at gmail.com. If you like the sound of Skinky's voice, leave us a five-star review on the iTunes store. It helps mm. other people be lulled into the sweet embrace. If you want to join the discussion, we have a Discord at uh, go to shenantics.rocks slash about and click on the invite link to the Discord server because I forgot to set up the Discord link the other day. So I'll be getting around to this or, or also go to discord.shenantics.rocks to see if that one works, maybe. Um, and then finally, Skinky, where can they find you on the internet? They can find me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash skanky, S-K-X-N-K-Y, and on Twitter at iSkanky, I-S-K-A-N-K-Y. And big shout out to our artist for our new work cover art work thing, uh, L-E-K-Z.art on Instagram. Please go and like her. She makes great art. And M. Cole, where can they find you? They can find me on the internet at M. Cole underscore M-C-U-L with the underscore symbol. Same username on Twitter, Twitch, and Instagram. So great talking to you this week, bud. Man, I can't talk Great anymore. talking to you a uh, week this, bud. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs>